When my coach told me I was controlling, I burst into tears. Join me today as I share why I had such a big reaction and how I shifted from being controlling to inviting and how it actually began producing results for the first time. I had significant issues with the thought of being controlling. When my husband or a friend would say something, even if they were joking about me being controlling, I would get irate. I would literally break into a defensive dissertation about how that wasn't true. There's no way it could be true. And, you know, that they were just terrible for even mentioning or considering the idea that I was controlling. And I thought this was normal. I didn't realize that my big, massive reaction was a sign that there was something in there of great suffering, that there was something in there that needed addressed. And I would later find out was actually the very thing that was blocking me from what I longed for in my relationships. I longed for deeply connected relationships. But this peace, this suffering I had around control and being controlling was uh, actually a key piece of what was blocking me from what I wanted. So I thought that, um, you know, I thought that the way that I got out, bent out of shape was, was just some random thing, but I didn't think anything of it. And then I went to a um, transformational training to help me see what was causing the suffering in my marriage. And ultimately, the suffering at that time, my husband was depressed. And, um, you know, we were starting to see some results. And yet, at the same time, we were just still really struggling. We worked together and we had four young children at the time. And, um, you know, we just couldn't seem to collaborate well. We collaborated really well in certain things. Like there was a synergy that we had when clients were around and we were, we were photographers at the time and we were creating these amazing images, photographing these weddings. And, you know, we were very in sync almost. We didn't even need to talk about what we were doing. We just, had this dance that we went into really well. And so that was, that was lovely. But when it came to like doing things around the house, when it came to doing projects at work that he wasn't excited to do or things like that, it, it was just a constant fight. And so we decided to go to this transformational training, which is where we met, um, Dan Takini, who became both of our coaches and trained me as a trainer and a coach. So Um, when I went there, I began to get curious about, you know, maybe what I was contributing to this thing that wasn't working. And as a part of the training, you, you know, you find a buddy and that buddy, you become responsible for making sure that you and your buddy show up doing what you're asked to do. And so, um, we were given homework every night and on day three, I got to find out my buddy hadn't completed their homework. 
And I was so shocked because my buddy and I were creating the very same dynamic. We were walking out the same behavioral dynamic that my husband and I do. I said, you know, pretty similar things to my buddy, you know, excited about tomorrow. Are you, you know, are you planning on working on your homework tonight? Great. Can't wait to see you in the morning. Excited to do my homework, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then we get in the room and I find out he hadn't done his homework. And so I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm the common denominator here. This is exactly what happens at home with my husband. I keep getting disappointed. I keep cheering him on, trying to, you know, ask him if he's going to do it. And he says yes. And I take him at his word. And then I find out he doesn't do it. And so in this moment in the training, I realize, oh my goodness, I'm the common denominator. It's happening with my husband. Now it's happening with my buddy. And those two don't even know each other. So I must be the problem. So I stood up and began having a conversation with my coach to understand what was I missing? How was I creating this scenario that felt so despairing and so disappointing in my life? And so my coach began to ask me some questions like, well, um, you know, what, what were some of the thoughts that you were thinking? And I said, well, I had a lot of fear that he wasn't going to do his homework. And he asked me, when did I first have the fear that he wasn't going to do the homework? And I said, the moment you handed out the homework. <laughs> and he said, well, that's interesting. Like, did you talk to him about it? Did you get honest about your fear? And I'm like, no, I didn't do that. And he wanted to know how come. And I said, well, because, you know, one, that wouldn't be the nice thing to do, say to someone. And ultimately, it would you know, mean I'm being, I'm being controlling. And he looked at me and he said, and what if you are controlling? And I burst into tears. I could not even fathom that he would say that. And I learned later that what I heard him say isn't what he said. My confirmation bias had deleted and distorted what he said. And what he said is, what if you are controlling? But what I heard him say is you are controlling, which I was somewhat a little surprised by the level of reaction I had in front of a group of people. But at the same time, I wasn't surprised because that was the same kind of reaction I'd been having, um, you know, for as long as I could remember whenever anyone said I was controlling. And so as I began to sit with my coach, talk with my coach about what was happening for me. He was asking me what was creating the reaction, you know, where was, um, who had told me I was controlling. And as a little girl, I grew up with my father telling me I was controlling. And I began to believe that being controlling was the absolute worst thing that anyone could be. If you were controlling, that meant you were a really bad person. That, as a little girl, that's what I made up. So, And I didn't realize that's what I had decided to believe. So I went through life turning this aspect of being controlling into becoming my greatest fear. The more I ran from it, the more I wanted to hide 
the possibility that I could be this thing that I had decided was so ugly and so awful. And this is what happens. As human beings, someone says something to us, usually as a child, and um, it begins, we begin to make up a story about what it must mean to be that rather than realizing it's pretty human to be a lot of things we'd rather not admit that we are. But because I built so much, much of a story around how bad it was, I turned it in to being my greatest fear. And in that, the way our confirmation bias works, if I've decided something is terrible and awful and I don't want to be that, then my brain learns, well, don't let her know where she is being that because she can't handle it. So the more blinded I became, the bigger my fear grew because intuitively as humans, we know that we can be controlling at times. But the more I'm trying to convince myself I'm not, the more I'm blinding myself to it, the more I know I'm lying to myself and I begin to fear, my fear begins to become irrational. The bigger the fear, the more this thing I'm afraid of has control over me. I was becoming more and more and more controlling as a person and I couldn't see it. I was literally blind. I had blinded myself to it because I had made it to be such a bad thing. And then as I began to sit with the, you know, sit with my coach's question of, so what if you're controlling? I began to be willing to get close to control, like actually look at it, you know, like if it's a big, scary monster that you've made it out to be, and you've got your eyes covered and you're like hiding from looking at it, you can't, you don't look at it. But when you realize, okay, what if it's not that big, bad, scary thing? What if I just started looking at it? Then I started looking at control from a place of curiosity. I started wondering like, What is control and is it bad? If it weren't bad, what is it? What brings me to do it? When is it actually needed to be controlling and when is it not needed to be controlling? And what I began to learn was the power of self-control and how what I was really longing for was self-control, but I was turning that into controlling others. And it wasn't you know, I began to learn how much it wasn't working and how um, what I really needed was to get much more specific about what I wanted and ask for it, boldly ask for it. And then if they weren't, that wasn't something they wanted to do, then I could decide from there where I wanted to go, what I needed, how I could show up in, you know, what I was wanting. Let me bring context to that. So let's say that I'm asking, you know, um, my husband to do the dishes and he says, no. Okay. Well, I'd like to make him do the dishes, but I can't do that. Right. So, um, and in the past, the way I would control is I would whine about it. I'd be like, you know, I work so hard. I make this dinner. And then, you know, you expect me to do the dishes as well. Right. That's how I was controlling. I was manipulating through my passive aggressive way of communicating things, trying to get him to see what he should do in hopes that he would do it. But 
he wouldn't. So then I would get really mad and be like, see, I'm all alone and you're never there to help me and blah, blah, blah. So I began to realize, oh, what I want is him to do the dishes. So I could ask him, hey, you know, would you be open to sharing the responsibility of dinner with me? If I make dinner, would you be open to doing the dishes? And then it's a totally different situation because I'm in control of me. I'm in control of my emotions. I'm in control of my attitude. And I'm actually showing up in a life-giving way. He then has the power to say, yes, that works for me. Or no, that doesn't work for me. And if he says, no, that doesn't work for me. Okay, no problem. Well, can we keep negotiating? Is there a part that you would be willing to do? Or is there a certain, you know, days of the week that you would be willing to do that? Um, or how can we work together to take what's currently a two hour job of, you know, preparing the meal, eating the meal, cleaning up from the meal? How can we reduce that into an hour? And we may decide, okay, in this season, you know, there's, that's not, his heart's not in helping me with that. So maybe we're going to start eating out more, or maybe I'm going to um, find a way to do meal prep differently. But the power of getting familiar with what it, what control really is, is I began to gain the ability to have self-control. Once I was willing to accept the part of me that I hated, I actually could begin to have power over it. I actually could begin to develop it and grow it in healthy ways. So this began to change my life. I began to gain so much freedom by facing the parts of myself that I had felt that embarrassed me or the things that I disliked or the things that I thought were bad. All of a sudden, I stopped running from them, which meant I didn't have the visceral reactions when people would point out to me my humanness anymore. I actually could sit with them and say, yeah, I know, I have noticed that about myself. I'm really wanting to work on that. Tell me more about what you're seeing. Whew, that was a 100% night and day difference from what I used to do when I would just break into tears or get mad or angry when they pointed out something that, you know, I didn't like about myself. So... I want to invite you into this conversation by asking you, what are you running from in yourself? What could happen if you chose to face those parts of yourself that, that embarrass you or that you'd rather not admit are there or that you hope no one else sees because, you know, you've decided that's really bad, whether it's the, you know, maybe you've decided you talk too much. Maybe you've decided you're too needy. Maybe you've decided you don't have what it takes. Uh, maybe you've decided you're not smart. You know, we, we all have these things that we've decided about ourselves that we've decided are really bad. And if anyone knew it, they wouldn't want to be friends with us or wouldn't want to love us. These are the things that wind up having control over us. And so I'm inviting you to consider what could happen if you began to face those parts of yourself. I'm going to walk you through some really simple steps to begin to embrace those parts of yourself. The first step is you got to get honest about what you don't like or what you're afraid might be true about you. Once you've gotten honest about what that is and gotten really specific, the second step is just to recognize that you are that. 
Like it is a part of being human. Whatever that is, if it is that you're controlling, if it is that you're awkward, if it is that you're um, always late, you know, what, whatever it is, there isn't a human being out there that doesn't have that same thing in them. Now, it might be the, uh, the you know, opposite side of the coin. You may show up late all the time and they may show up, you know, excessively early all the time or whatever. But these are aspects of being humans. And the second step is taking your labels off of it, taking off your assessment. What if it isn't bad? What if it isn't wrong? What if it isn't right? It just is. It's just a part of you that's there. From there, you can enter the third step where you begin to get curious about when and where you became that. Is there things that happened where you began to decide what labels to put on that? You began to assess it as bad. And from that place, the reason you want to do that step is it can often help you have compassion on yourself. When I began to realize that, oh, you know, I was scolded and disciplined as a child for being controlling, but I really didn't know what it was. I just decided it must be bad because I was getting punished for it. I began to understand why I was so upset about being it as an adult. The fourth step is look at the impact it has and what it produces. When you are this thing, when I, you know, like for years I thought I was stupid. And so when I thought I was stupid, who did I become when I believed that thought? And I began to see how, you know, foggy my brain got and how I couldn't think very clear and all those things when I decided I was stupid. That takes us to the fifth step was where you ask yourself what impact you want to make instead or what results you want to produce, right? Instead of being controlling, I wanted to be loving. I wanted people to feel the freedom to be honest with me. I wanted to partner together with people to get results and actually be able to count on them to show up for me. Well, that meant I was going to need to be a whole lot of other things besides controlling. And that takes us to this final step, which is to get clear on who you would need to be to produce what you want to produce and start being that. That is where you really begin to grow your character. I began to grow the characters of personal responsibility, which definitely helped with both the control and also with the feeling stupid because I realized I wasn't stupid. I actually found out I was severely dyslexic. So taking responsibility helped me learn what I didn't know was actually, you know, the truth. And from there, I could get help and learn how to learn what I needed to learn. I learned that there was different approaches I needed to learning things than I had ever realized. And with controlling, I realized that Often the words that I would say to try and get someone to do something actually made them want to to not do what I wanted them to do. And I began to learn how to invite, how to enroll people into what I wanted and needed. You can become whoever you want to be. It starts with getting honest about who you are, especially in the parts that you'd rather not admit that are there. Once you accept the parts of you that are there as just being a part 
as just a part of being human. And it's only what it is that you decide it is. If you decide it's bad, then it's bad. If you decide it's just part of being human, then it's just part of being human. And it's no big deal to look at or, you know, discover what's there. From that place, you can start being with it and learning about it and learning from it. So I hope this has been helpful for you today. I want to ask you this question, who is it that you really want to be? And would you start moving in that direction, becoming that by getting honest about who you really are in a loving and grace-filled, empathetic way. Thanks for joining me, and um, I really appreciate you being a part of this community. And if you want to connect with me, you can always reach me um, on Instagram at Hey Julia Woods. Thanks for joining. Me.